0: Nora hey Sandy so we were right again oh yeah again 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 with Always. our budget predictions how do you feel about that did you watch it <laughs> did I watch the budget Um, I didn't. Yeah. Did you watch the budget? I remember a time when you would watch the budget obsessively. So this is not a weird
1: question. No, it's a, It was a very good question. But I, I actually, I think was in the park when the budget came out this time. I had nothing compelling me to write about it. And so when you don't have to write about the budget, you're like, you know what? I'll check it out in the highlight reel.
0: Oh, I watched it.
1: You did? Yeah. I shouldn't have, um, (laughs) there was no reason to,
0: but it's like, I watch it all the time now. So, you know. It's just one of those things that I do, um so yeah, all our predictions came true uh, that we made last week. Uh, it was mostly uneventful. The highlight was this commitment to child care that cannot possibly get done before the next election. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and there was a weird two hundred million dollars uh, given to a brand new black organization. So you know, all wow, all of uh yep, yeah, all of our predictions uh came true. There we are.
1: There was a half a million dollars uh, pledged, half a million, (laughs) half a billion dollars was pledged to the continuation of Canadian troops in Syria and Iraq, and uh, I think a billion to the border. So all that was right, too. I do want to highlight something interesting and saying, I don't know if you caught this, but they announced some pretty significant changes to the repayment assistance plan for student loans.
0: I I saw that there were some measures uh, extending moratoria that currently exist to provide economic relief to students. And then I think I tuned out because I was so fucking annoyed by how little is actually going to help students at all. But in any case, uh, yeah, I think I missed that. The repayment assistance plan. What's What's the change?
1: They're increasing the threshold for how much you can make to be able to get assistance, which... Is only interesting in the context of the NDP's very weak plan to get rid of student debt, but only in certain circumstances. And the Liberal plan, by by really increasing that threshold, uh, they kind of are going toe to toe with the with the NDP in their student debt plans. And I didn't really see anybody talking about this in that way. Um, I didn't I I mean, I saw one person say, well, the NDP could claim that as a victory, which is true. And they should probably have, I don't know, said something like that. (laughs) But um, if you're a student or if you're in debt repayment, you should definitely take a look like RAP is not a great program. It's just justifies the continuance of high tuition fees. But it can help if you are low income or middle low income and you've got student debt. So make sure that you check that out. But it is very interesting to see that sometimes it doesn't take very much to convince the liberals to do very minor things, which is why the NDP needs to call for free education and elimination of all student loans and not these fucking wishy-washy half measures that you can't even tell if it's a liberal plan or an NDP plan.
0: Didn't we already predict also that the liberals would do this? (laughs) That they would copy it or come up with something just as schemey? I think we said so. I think we said it on the air. If we didn't, I definitely said it on Twitter. I said it somewhere. So another prediction. Yeah.
1: No, no. I, I I recall you saying that. Another prediction.
0: Yay. <laughs> we are prescient, um, but also just really smart. And with that, let's uh, give some gratitude to our listeners. I know we have people to thank.
1: Yes. We have so many people to thank. And so you may have noticed that all of our old episodes have become available and unlocked from the weird limiter that we had placed on the old episodes. And when we changed hosting services, which we've just done um a lot of our new episodes or old episodes became new again and, and we've seen that there's been quite a, a bump in people listening to those um, and so I wanted to say that's awesome I hope you find some knowledge and some things that can help you out and some things you can send to your friends and family to convince them of certain things and for everybody who's donating to the show for the first time or who's changing their their pledge uh, we really really appreciate it and so this week we have to say a huge thank you to Vanessa Cindy Lane, Lauren, a different Lauren, <laughs> Anna, Michelle, Derek, Renault, Jack, Claire, Alexandra, Jesse Ann, Azada, and Charlie. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Okay, so before we get into
0: our main topic, a couple things that we wanted to to talk about. Uh, one I haven't I didn't mention to you before the start of the show, Nora, but I just wanted to ask. Were you impacted by the great cell phone carrier outage of 2021? <laughs> I was just like, oh, Canadians <laughs> have no access to phones right now. What is going on? What mm. <laughs> what happened there? The, the monopoly or I guess duopoly of Rogers and Bell and them both being offline at the same time last week seemed to have been almost catastrophic.
1: Mm. Yes, I um, am part of something that is known as Quebec Inc., which includes the Videotron Empire. And so not only was I not touched, I was so unbothered by this that I just looked at my my Twitter feed and was like, huh. <laughs> In any case, uh, monopolies
0: are bad. But also. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. <laughs> but also, we, we wanted to mention before we got into our main story. some. Um, you know, some updates uh, with respect to COVID and the vaccine. So mm-hmm. Nora's been looking at some numbers with respect to how different locations are attempting to distribute the vaccine equitably, um, or so they say, in their policies, and how in, the, in reality, what's actually happening um, is that those equity measures don't seem to be having an impact on who is actually getting vaccinated first or what populations are getting vaccinated first. Nora?
1: Yeah, I mean, this has been an ongoing story in the news, and so folks listening will not be too surprised by this, but I think it's really important that we put a very fine point on what happens when governments try to get too schemy with um, public health measures that end up actually doing the exact opposite of what they have promised to do. And so in Ontario, there has been from the start uh, a special list of people who've always been able to get their vaccines faster based on who they are. Uh, And that was different from uh, other jurisdictions. Um, And I'm going to talk mostly about Quebec because I know that the most, although I know that it, it was different from Alberta as well, and probably also from Saskatchewan, but, you know, that, that little detail take with a grain of salt but it meant that in the in the start vaccines were given to police and firefighters and volunteer firefighters and chiropractors and massage therapists and a whole list of people who were not um, on the phase one list of other provinces. And so in Quebec, that phase one list was only uh, people who were over 75 years of age and frontline healthcare workers. And, you know, in trying to come up with a way to allow everybody to have access to the vaccine as fast as possible, what has happened in Ontario, where the data is clear, Quebec, I haven't seen the data, so I don't exactly know how this is shaken down. But in, in Ontario, the, the jurisdiction where 41 percent of people have been vaccinated. Sandy, do you think you could guess what what jurisdiction has been hit like really hard and really needed these vaccines as fast as possible? Oh, well, clearly Brampton. Brampton. Mm, that's a good guess. No, Brampton, which, of course, is part of the Peel region. So Brampton, Mississauga and uh, and then its little hat uh Caledon um they uh, that, there's a little little GTA joke for you all. I mean west GTA I'm sure no one from the east actually gives a rat's ass about these places Really, that's kind of how it goes. Really? live in Brampton
0: <laughs> to get that one or Caledon or like Georgetown. <laughs> or <Caledon.
1: laughs> yeah. Um uh, Peel region is quite quite below actually um the list of of um areas in the province that have had uh, vaccines. And, and they're only at 27% vaccinated. And I don't imagine that's 27% real. I imagine there's some people with double doses in that, in that percentage. Hmm. And so Peel is behind Waterloo, Halton, Simcoe, Algoma, Peterborough, Grey Bruce, Niagara, Porcupine, Temiskaming, Windsor, Toronto, Sudbury. So if it's not at the hottest spot, who's got this 40% going on? <laughs> it's Kingston, Ontario. Kingston,
0: Kingston. Okay, so I actually did know this because we spoke about it before before the show started. But I would have guessed Brampton because because it is um, one of the locations where it's spreading the fastest. And so, why Kingston? Why is it? Why is it that Kingston has the most?
1: um, It's doing the best in terms of vaccine rate right now. That's a really good question that I do not have the answer to. I have some guesses and I'll go through some of those guesses. But to just to just make make this really clear in people's minds. So Kingston had 34 cases per 100,000 people. Wow. And Peel region had 397 cases per 100,000 people. Wow! Yeah, and so that's a huge difference. You know, Peel region's way above Toronto. Toronto has two hundred and eighty-one cases per one hundred thousand uh, residents, and and today the Globe and Mail also looked even closer at the Ontario numbers, and and showed that despite the province's so-called hotspot targeting. Uh, it has not made much of a difference. And in fact, for the youngest Ontarians and the oldest Ontarians, people in not hot spots were higher vaccinated than people in not hot spots. And I think that's really important to mention because I have had a lot of people when I tweeted this information out, I had a lot of people say, yeah, but Kingston has a lot of old people living in it. And it's like, OK, um, there are elderly people who also live in Peel region. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a, a that's a place where old people live too, actually, and uh, the fact that the in the elderly categories that the difference is is not that much, but there is it's definitely more in the non hotspot areas. That's it. That's demonstrating that the province is just not putting resources towards these 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 regions. And you know, for example, in, in Quebec, when the vaccination mass vaccination started. Quebec City didn't have any doses for 2 or 3 weeks while they were all given to Montreal because the fear was Montreal had more cases. And we haven't really seen that happening in Ontario. It's been this incredible like all of the health units have the same kind of numbers of their of their vaccines proportionate to their population and there hasn't been much moving things around to make sure that regions like Peel or Toronto or York uh, who are the top 3 have the the vaccines that they that they need. And it's really concerning because, um, you know, the news from ICUs is that it's low-income people, it's not white people who are in ICUs, who are losing their lives, and who have the most to lose by this vaccine game that the province is playing.
0: Hmm. It'll be interesting if we could get some, like, answers as to what specifically is going on, that it's not working. But suffice it to say, like... um, you know again, governments are schemy, and sometimes the things that they say that they're motivated by they're not really motivated by and It doesn't surprise me one bit uh that the Doug Ford government isn't actually motivated uh to implement equitable vaccine distribution?
1: Mm-hmm. No, and the, the one thing I will mention that, that's pretty obvious is the fact that there's no centralized coordination between pharmacies and um, and public health units with the large mass, mass vaccination sites is a huge problem because it means that certainly what I'm seeing in my social media feeds is that people are getting their vaccines because they're calling around you know, 50 pharmacies that they could drive to. And when the pharmacies have supply and then the mass centers have to shut down or they can't move people through as faster, obviously that's going to have an impact on allowing people who have more resources, who have more access to money, who have more access to time to be able to go and get... Uh, go from pharmacy to pharmacy to find a, a vaccine. Um, and also, I mean, you know, Ontario has been acting as if they have tons of supply, which they don't. And that's the that's the real problem, is, is that this is all operating in a world where there's no supply. In Quebec, in the chaudiere Appalach area, which is just south of Quebec City, and it's the hotspot of our province right now. It's also the hotspot of anti-mask organizing, which is really important to, to mention. But the, the province has been vaccinating workers in the facilities that they work. And one factory, Olimel, which is a meatpacking facility where four workers have died, one in Valley Junction in Quebec and, and the rest in Red Deer, Alberta. But the workers are being paid $50 to get both of their vaccines. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, there was a plan to do this in High River at the Cal- at the Cargill plant as well in Alberta and it had to be stopped because they didn't have the supply. It was like ready to go and and Alberta Health Services had to pull the plug last minute saying they didn't have the supply to do it. So this this is the kind of thing that I'm looking for next like the attention on pharmacies and the attention on on mass centers is not going to reach people and it's certainly not going to reach people who have to work all the time. And I think that that's really important for us to, you know, keep in mind.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of vaccines, I'm going to go get my second one this week. So on Thursday, I should be double vaxxed and fully vaccinated wow. yeah, by the end of a couple of weeks. And I was talking to my parents this weekend. And, you know, my mother works in a nursing home. I've said this before. And, uh, and my father works at the airport. My father got his first vaccine this week. And uh, my mother had hers some time ago. And I asked, you know, when's your second one? And she said, you know, we don't know sometime in the next six months, they told us. Uh, We can't get it for until uh, sometime in the next six months, which, um, you know, is also still very concerning, especially, you know, for someone who works in uh, one of the more dangerous places to work in. I'm just, you know, that it frustrates me to hear that. The other thing that we talked about.
1: Just before you do, I, I just want to to note that the government of Ontario today announced that all long-term care workers who've had two vaccines will be allowed to resume working in multiple work sites again. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It, it's like, f- fuck you yeah. into the sun. Yeah. Fuck that.
0: They're uh, not interested in... Uh what is what's what's the phrase that the, the Trudeau government's using? Building back better? They're not interested in that, Nora. <laughs> they don't want no, that. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. Building back worse. Building back
0: worse. Um <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm talking to my parents and you know we're talking about taxes and they, you know they're getting their taxes ready and my father who was laid off for essentially, you know, when the airport shut down until the end of the year. Um he's been recalled uh, in 2021. Mm. Uh, but for all of last year, um, since since the lockdown, uh, he was laid off. Uh, and so he's telling me about how much he has to pay back, <laughs> how much he has to pay in taxes because of the CERB. And I was I was stunned. I had forgotten um, mm. that it was taxed. And so I start you know writing this tweet. And he's explaining it to me and uh, how dumb he thinks the whole thing is, which, you know, uh, my parents and I definitely agree on that point. Like (laughs) we they were like, this is so dumb. Like, why didn't they just take it out beforehand? (laughs) Like, this is ridiculous. You know, we, we struggled last year. And, you know, for people who are continuing to struggle now. You know, that kind of a thing to have to pay taxes on what was not enough money already, let's be clear, um, is is difficult. And so I'm writing it. And then I remembered that we spoke about it already. And I was just like, oh, yeah, here it is. You know, here is what we predicted about a year ago, that if they if this was going to be money that was going to be taxed, people were going to struggle with it. So I I write something like, oh, my God the service taxed mad this is terrible What a dumb policy <laughs> and nora 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 <laughs> the response <laughs> on twitter i'm just like what angry liberal have i made even more pissed off because it was as though they sent their their whole activist team and all the bots that they buy to my Twitter. I was like, wow, there's a lot of people out here defending this policy. Mm -hmm. And do you want to know what the two number one defenses were?
1: Well, you tagged me on them, so I saw a lot of that. But uh, but let the listeners know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The listeners should know that the two number one defenses of this ridiculous policy is, one, they told us it was going to be taxed. So, so this wasn't a surprise, which feels irrelevant. And then two, <laughs> it's income and all income is taxed. Ah, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> I, <laughs> Nora, this is why we can't have nice things. No, no. This is why we can't have a good society because <laughs> sometimes people will fall over themselves to, uh to, to justify bullshit mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is not a hard one folks like what in the world fuck this fuck this
1: i can't believe you got ratioed over that like that's like your biggest ratio in like i haven't seen you get ratioed i think no ever, i've never been actually. ratioed and i didn't get ratioed on this i mean like no oh, you I did yeah you you muted it <laughs> What are you talking about? You have something like 350 replies to something like 150 retweets.
0: Oh, is that how you do the ratio? I thought it had to do with likes as well.
1: Well, you have a lot of likes. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the it's not like a Nora talks about hockey getting ratioed level ratio, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty intense. I I I was like I was surprised that um, the liberal Twitter Twitter brigade came after you so hard. And I feel like we need to talk about two separate issues <laughs> yeah. here, right? Like, so let's talk about Serb, and let's talk about the yeah. fuck was that?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Both of those things very important. So Serb. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting is that some people started uh, um, uh, tweeting at me and DMing me about how. Um, you know Canadians are so ungrateful, and no Americans were complaining about this. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I know, and it's like um, I just want you all to know: the American stimulus checks are not taxed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the checks that came, the checks that came out um, uh, last year that they had to do through EI, and uh, the new stimulus checks that are coming out now—they are not taxed. And so for those those of you, I hope none of our listeners are these people, but for those people who live in Canada, who live their lives by comparison to the United States, <laughs> just <laughs> being better than the US, like failed on that one too.
1: Mm, yeah, totally.
0: So yeah, the CERB. What the fuck? Okay. Like one, this is a government program. It's a government program that is paid for buy our taxes. So those people who are paying taxes on it have already paid taxes for this to exist. So that's one. And yes, I do know that that exists already for like EI. It's still dumb there too. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) doesn't make sense for EI, doesn't make sense for CERB. Another reason why it's shit? Nora, we can go back and forth.
1: Oh yeah. Um, Well, it's shit because uh, we're talking about a small amount of money. Like, I, I'm really surprised that you could have enough money to be taxed only receiving the CERB. Uh, you know, it's one thing to have a universal income that goes to literally everybody and have to tax that in a proportionate way to people's overall income. But, um, you know, I, I only know what CERB looked like on one payment because I was, I was laid off and then recalled right away. Um and so I had one period of CERB. So I guess that like that was two thousand dollars. So it was a month of CERB. And I got like information from the mail that said nothing. Like I didn't even know what this money was for. I was like two thousand dollars from the Winnipeg Fucking Canada Revenue Agency office. Like, did I do a talk or did I do a contract I can't think of? It took me a long time to realize it was the fucking CERB. And it had no information on it. It didn't say it was CERB. It didn't have any tax information, right? It was just the it was just a T4A or a T5. No, it must have been T4A, uh, with nothing in it. And so, you know, for me it was like, okay, I can absorb that because I went back to work right right away. But for people who are like relying on CERB for the year. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous that you would expect them to then pay back any money that the government was giving to them in the first place. It doesn't make any sense. It wasn't a universal benefit. It was a geared-to-income benefit. And the test for the income doesn't need to come after the fact with taxes. It came before the fact with you cannot make more than $1,000 in this period and still get SERB.
0: Another reason why this this policy sucks, Uh, some folks were responding to me to say, again, you know, all income is taxed. That's not true. (laughs) Okay. It's not (laughs) true. Don't believe that shit. Most income is taxed. Absolutely. But are there examples of government programs where they deliver money to people and don't tax it? There are. And are there examples of other types of income that people get that aren't taxed? There are on both accounts. So one, the Canada Child Benefit and uh, most student grants and scholarships have uh, exemptions for taxes. So you don't get taxed on those things. Those are government programs that the government has somehow figured out how to deliver these programs to people and not tax you back on it. So don't tell me it's not possible It is. And, you know, like, fuck, why wouldn't you want to do this during a fucking pandemic when people are facing economic uh, uncertainty like they never have before in our lifetimes like this on mass? This is it just makes sense that that would be the policy that you would have is to eliminate the idea like to, to not have taxes attached to it. Other income that people get that's not taxed, inheritances. Oh, how much are those? Dividends. How much are, are inheritances? Like, let's talk you know? about that for a sec. <laughs> okay. Like, geez. I mean, these these are major amounts of money Huge. that people who are mostly in the 1% are getting. These inheritance, massive inheritances, uh, dividend payments if they are like, you know, on a shareholder of a corporation that's d- delivering out. Uh, or giving out dividends um, sometimes in in the place of salaries depending on how the the corporation is set up those things aren't taxed like <laughs> the the argument that all income is taxed it comes from like you know a manipulation of like the working class and uh, of people who are not in making, Tons and tons of money who wouldn't know that there are ways to get out of being taxed. But trust and believe that the people who get out of being taxed the most are the wealthy. So again, don't tell me that this is not possible. It's of course possible. And just another reminder of how the government does not prioritize people who are struggling, whether through this pandemic or at other times.
1: Yeah, there was one other motif that people were were using to reply to this uh, little thread. And it was the one that I found to be the most offensive, which was the people who were like, I'm a frontline worker. I've been paying my taxes and putting my life at risk. And people who got served did nothing. And so obviously they should be taxed. And there was there was like, I don't know, dozens Mm. of fucking people that made this point. And it was like I found that to be the most fucking Grading of all the replies because it was just like, like, first of all, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like, don't don't get mad that you're in a shitty Mm -hmm. position and that someone else is in a shitty position and you're mad that you think that their position is somehow their fault. It's like, guess whose fucking fault the pandemic is. It's 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 a combination of nobody's fault and then the people who hold power's fault and how it has impacted all of us. And don't get mad that someone got served while your boss was putting you at risk every single fucking day because that's an injustice. But there's no reason for you to get mad at the people who got laid the fuck off. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know – like It seemed as if people weren't reading your thread at all. And this whole idea that like, well, if you got laid off, you should have just got another job is fucking ridiculous, oh right? Like, let alone.
0: It was as though there was no pandemic. I was like, who are these people? Where are they responding from? What world is this? Can I live there? What's happening? Well, my
1: favorite was the guy who works in retail. And it was like, sorry, isn't everything that's retail right now shut the fuck down? What retailers are hiring right now? You know, I interviewed someone who worked uh, in a, in a casino in Vancouver just as CERB was supposed to end, and I interviewed her for an article. And I was saying, you know, like, what were your options? Um, did you look for other work? And she was a thirty year employee of the of the of the casino. Like, she wow. was on notice to be recalled at any moment. Right? They didn't know what direction things were going. When we talked, it felt like it was possible that maybe casinos would be open with like measures. Uh, with with public health measures, maybe in the next month or two months. And so like, what the fuck, she's going to find another job. And I was expecting her to say that. But she said, do you know how hard it is to find a job right now? I have applied and I've applied and I've applied and no one is calling me back. Like I cannot get a job. And so, you know, I, I don't know if that's the case all across Canada, but I certainly can say that was one example in Vancouver. uh, And that, you know, the job numbers indicate that it wasn't very easy to just find another job. Um, And also that, you know, when you're waiting to be recalled for your job, you're waiting to be recalled. Like, why, why would we expect someone to then go out and find another job? Don't we actually want people staying home? And if there's someone who's literally not essential because they've been laid off, that's someone who's not at risk every day at a workplace. That's one more person who can stay at home and 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 isolate from a job work site and not be a node of transmission for this pandemic. Like all of this goes back to the, the the primary problem of how we have understand understood this pandemic, which has been. The atomization of society and individuals looking at other individuals and saying, well, until you work retail, you can't talk. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, uh, uh, OK, well, until you've worked uh, for College Pro, you can't talk. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's not how this works. We are societies and, and the society like has all of these parts that depend on one another. And the CERB was supposed to be one stopgap for one segment of the society who lost their job, which, I mean, that, doesn't that make a whole lot of sense? And shouldn't we be saying, no, CERB for everybody, uh, actually, you know, close, m- close all of this non-essential business, close all of the retail and pay people to stay, fo- to stay home? That's the only way that we're actually going to stop the spread of this virus. Yeah, I
0: I mean how quickly we've gone from about a year ago this idea of people coming together, some hope, people like looking at one another with, um you know with this idea of oh we're all in this together and and we can we can make these um, uh, adjustments in our lives to take care of one another. Remember that feeling about a year ago to now again attributing one's individual virtue to your ability to work in a pandemic? <laughs> like, what? You, you're not, you're not, there's no individual virtue attached to the fact that your boss is a shithead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that doesn't... Imagine there was. It <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Imagine there was. Yeah. It And it doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make sense to speak about this program that is specifically for this ridiculous situation um, uh, in that way. Now, the government had like could have had had all sorts of other choices you know they could have just said that this is going to be a service that we're giving out without having it attached to any sort of tax they could have decided to um to do the withholdings ahead of time if they wanted to and then give a refund back to anyone who paid more than what they were going to get cuz i saw Some people in the thread being like, oh, well, the government didn't know how much everybody was going to get overall because who knows who was going to get recalled. So they couldn't. They couldn't possibly have done the deductions ahead of time. No, 100% they could. could. We have a whole refund program (laughs) for this purpose. Like, come on. Do not let the government off the hook. Like, your job as people in this society, is not to forgive the government every time they fuck up. It's to take a look at this shit. And if something doesn't make sense, to become civically involved and say that it doesn't fucking make sense and call it out. And this doesn't fucking make sense. The Serb wasn't even equal to a living wage everywhere in Canada. If it is not equal to a living wage and people, you know, again, remember that there were no there were no programs with respect to rent, there were no programs with respect to mortgages, and uh, people are having uncertain health uh, realities, which affects their bottom line, in addition to the uncertain economic realities. So all of that is happening and you're not getting a living wage as income. You're probably not putting away a little bit each month to try to to make it back up at tax time. You're probably hoping to hell that the government will get this under control by four weeks. Oop, maybe three months. Oop, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe six. <laughs> ah! Oh fuck, it's been a year <laughs> and you weren't you still needed to rely on that money. Well, then what are you gonna do? Right. The likelihood that someone is putting that money away when they are already not, you know, when it's not a living wage is is very low. And then so to ask that same person now um, when lockdowns have again started um, to 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 become uh, really ubiquitous across Canada and people are are um, being sent home from work to ask them again now at this time um, or I think they have a year or some or whatever to to pay um, a for some, a lot of money. Like the, the amount that my father has to pay is not, it's not nothing. It's like a significant ch- chunk. I was really shocked. It was jarring to me. The amount that they have to pay back, it's, it is
1: really fucking unconscionable. It's really disgusting. Well, let's not even mention how Canada Revenue Agency right now is so fucked that even if you were to call and contest it or ask any questions about it, you will be on hold for several hours. No, even (laughs) if you get your password wrong or that question like, hey, Nora, what was your favorite historical figure? And you're like, what the fuck question is that? I don't know. Oh, you're locked out (laughs) of your CRA account. You will spend four hours of your Saturday on hold. Four hours. Hours. Uh, man, there, man, there's some jobs that could have been created. <laughs> uh no fucking shit. Actually, and that that really enrages me. And I heard that, you know, CRA has actually been off off sourcing, outsourcing their um some of the, the call center jobs, and it's just enraging. Wow, really? In, I heard that and I asked for confirmation for how to like if I can like talk about it or write about it, and I'm still waiting to hear that. But you know, CRA, like there's specialized knowledge and then there's like really not specialized knowledge. Password reset is like absolutely not specialized knowledge. CRA could have hired no. 5,000 people to sit on the phone all day and reset people's password if they didn't want to upgrade their Internet system to be like everywhere else with just a password recovery option. Um No, no, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. They're expecting Canadians to be on the phone for hold for fucking ever. And it's just so unacceptable because who has time for that? I mean, I I, I don't have time for that. And I was fucking cursing them for four goddamn hours listening to the same same two songs that were playing over and over on hold, which at least were (laughs) pleasant. But it was the same two. I just want to mention, but quickly, that last year on May 5th, was the day we did the episode that the economy is code for white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, in the theme of this episode of things that we knew to be true uh, are coming true or have come true, uh, it's a very good time, I think, to reflect on what that meant then and how uh, it has become true with a vengeance since.
0: Yeah, shit. We totally did fucking call it. And, like, just uh, look at where we're at now. It's just the proof. I wish we were wrong about that one, but here we are. Um, fuck. So there's another problem here though, right? Like the Serb is a problem, but also the fucking response is a fucking problem. <laughs> like I, you know, I muted the thread pretty early on, which is probably why I didn't know I was ratioed. And <laughs> because I was like, this is this is ridiculous. Like I can't believe yeah. that people are responding to defend the government so hard and just uh, put like just some pretty cursory thoughts out on Instagram, a much more loving place. <laughs> Thank you to all the people who uh, supported what I was saying there. It's just ridiculous that people don't feel, or maybe maybe I'm being a little bit too charitable by, by expressing it this way, but that people don't feel confident enough I don't know, to to express frustration at things that don't work um, uh, from the government. Like, you know, some of the comments that I was seeing were things like one of the funniest ones actually uh, compared the government uh, to a parent and us to toddlers Oh and said, you know, uh, I, when I give a toy to my toddler, and then I say to my toddler, you have to put it away afterwards. And I think that's supposed to be an analogy for, I'm telling you that the CERB is taxed. And so take some and, and put it away. <laughs> um, so he says, when I, when I give a toy to my toddler and tell my toddler to put it away afterwards, I expect them to do so. And they do because toddlers, even toddlers can understand this shit.
1: <laughs> so the, the fuck they do, actually. <laughs> they do not actually put it away. That is a fucking lie. <laughs> but the, 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 the whole idea, that
0: whole analogy is so bizarre. You think your government is your parent? You think the government <laughs> is the parent in this situation? No, the government is the fucking, well, not a, a toddler. The, the analogy really does fall apart. But the government works for us. And when the government doesn't work for us, we are the ones who are we are the only ones around who are supposed to say, what the fuck, this doesn't work for us. And if we don't, they continue with some bullshit, which is why, you know, if this is already the case for a program like EI, yes, EI is taxed. It doesn't make any sense that EI is taxed, but EI is taxed. They know they can get away with something like the CERB being taxed uh, because EI is taxed and we haven't been frustrated enough about it. They know they can get away with um, uh, the tax credits that corporations are going to get even during this time because there are already so many tax credits that corporations get uh, to make their tax burden, um, their tax responsibility to this society much less than the average person like the the government, we are not the toddlers, <laughs> Jesus,, <laughs> uh, so I don't know, am I expressing this with too much too much uh, I don't know grace for folks by saying that it's about confidence?
1: <laughs> yes, I think that you like one mistake you're making is assuming that all of these resp- replies are coming from humans, and over oh, the yeah, pin- well, mm, yeah. <laughs> Over the pandemic, there has been an incredible, vicious, liberal brigade of trolls, and some of them are real for sure, but some of them just it doesn't add up. It's like, what are you doing here and why are you replying to me like this? And I've had it happen several times. It's it's cooled off in the last couple of months, I would say, but for all of 2020, if you criticize Justin Trudeau at all, you could get Uh, really viciously ratioed. And in one case that was happened for me when I was criticizing the federal government for partnering with motherfucking Amazon to distribute PPE, which, oh, right, fell apart because Amazon doesn't have the ability to do that in all parts of Canada and Canada Post does. But I got really powerfully ratioed. And then and then it continued every time that I had kind of a tweet that hit a certain level of of retweets or whatever uh, that the, that the, this liberal troll brigade comes out, and I I don't know what's up with that. That my most recent tangoing with this group of people, other than this thread, um, because of course you tagged me on it. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's great. I, that's what I fucking live for. It. I'm glad you muted it because I was telling people <laughs> left, right, and center that they were fucking dickheads and they needed to fuck themselves. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, But in the vaccine uh, discussions, it's been popping up again uh, and not not the vaccine distribution that we talked about earlier, but in Canada's hoarding of vaccines and Canada purchasing vaccines through COVAX and how Canada has been purchasing vaccines from India, a country that absolutely could use our fucking help right now. And I don't believe we have offered anything to them uh, other than canceling flights, which just puts people's lives into complete fucking chaos. Um, and so. Yeah, I think that that's actually a very interesting question. What is happening with these with these liberal accounts that are so, like, syphilitically attacking people who criticize the federal government? And I, I'll just mention, I have no idea. I have no idea where they're coming from, who's paying them, if anybody's paying them. I assume someone must be paid because some of these responses were like... Wow. Yeah. Some
0: of them were definitely bots that are, are being paid for. It doesn't make any sense. No, it didn't. And also a number of those ones that are, that are clearly bots, like have no followers, some who, who like joined Twitter this month um, or in the last year, a lot of them mentioned the Conservative Party. You know, like, so people who aren't following me, people who are mentioning the Conservative Party saying like, you know, they wouldn't have done anything at all. We should be grateful. And I was like, okay, so these are clearly coming from some sort of liberal farm (laughs) somewhere. But I mean, God, what do we know about this? Like, how
1: do we find out about this? Because I want to know. This is some bullshit. This This has been something that I've been thinking about for more than a decade. And I've been thinking about it more than a decade because of something that you and I were involved in. And it was the first time that I saw an incredible coordinated campaign that came out of like directly from the liberals in Ontario. And all of the Liberals in Ontario, all the backroom people, all the staffers, they're all those motherfuckers from 10 years ago and 15 years ago in Ontario. They all went to, to Trudeau's office. Every time there's a new scandal and a new staff person's named, I'm like, oh, that's where they ended up. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I remember that person when we, were, mm-hmm. when we were fighting them at Queen's Park in in, in Toronto. Um, and so the the Liberals announced uh, a, a tuition fee program that you'll remember is called 30 Off. And we were doing everything we could to try and make sure journalists understood that that wasn't really what the program was doing. It was not reducing tuition fees by 30%. It was just called 30 Off and it was not it was, like, a lie. But the, the the social media campaign of the Ontario Liberal Party was paid bots and a fuckload of them. And so, like, this was—we're I mean, talking about, mm-hmm. you know, 2011, and I remember trying to save all of the information of these people, trying to be like, can you see a pattern here? Is there anything that you can glean from this? But honest to God, there was— that, uh, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people tweeting the exact same official line from the government trying to silence our criticism of the government. And and we were specifically trying to change a, a journalist's opinion and, and not just change their opinion, but like educate them for why the government was lying. Because I mean, this stuff's a bit complicated. And if you're a generalist, it can be easy to mess it up. And, um, and so that was the first time that I saw this incredible party funded, clearly party funded or government funded or whatever, but liberal connected troll farm uh, being unleashed on activists who are trying to criticize the government. And I never wrote about it. I have no idea what happened. I have all that stuff still saved because I still use that computer if everybody can believe that. Um, But... All I can assume is that they have some knowledge of, of this stuff. They've been working on this for a decade and have only gotten more sophisticated because if we – if you look at the, – they're, they're not real. A lot of these people are not real. And the people who are real are getting caught up in these kind of fake discussions. And I, I think it's a very effective strategy. It's a a very effective strategy that we should be very critical of because it's effectively like a government, I don't know, supporting group, let's say. Maybe it's not the government directly. Um, But doing the work of silencing or criticizing or bothering citizens who are raising really legitimate and fair, or in your case, super innocuous fucking points. It's
0: so innocuous. What the heck? Well, yeah, I mean, the idea is to... Manufacture a situation where it looks like the reasonable response is that this is, um, that my critique is out of this world. It doesn't make any sense, is, is ludicrous, is completely foolish. And then so that people who, who uh, come across it and haven't yet thought about it and are trying to make up their minds are influenced by this, this large, group that is encouraging this idea that my thoughts are ludicrous and so it's very effective i'm sure it has uh you know like that sort of thing has uh, helped the liberal party and beyond political operatives generally um uh i'm sure it's it's helped uh, immensely uh but this is i guess just another fa- uh, function of the world that we live in now. This kind of post truth world where uh, nothing uh, you can't necessarily believe in the things that you see. Although um, with respect to this, I mean, if you're not hip to Twitter bots, they're pretty easy to, to, to discover. You can you can get you can get <laughs> like these little browser extensions that will show you whether you're interacting with a likely bot or not, or you can just check if it's a numbered account it's probably a bot. If it has an egg as its profile picture, it's probably a fucking bot. If it has no followers and is following like two people, probably a fucking bot. If it was just, um, you know, it was an account created Mm -hmm. in the last year or so and still, again, has no followers um, and has only ever tweeted out love of Justin Trudeau, very likely, a bot or justin trudeau himself who knows (laughs) you
1: know so well but there's there's a whole other level of bot too which is a lot harder to spot and i've i've saw this because of all the hate that i get um but there's a whole level of bot that um it looks like they're old accounts that you must be able to purchase somehow on the dark web and so there's these accounts that are quite old um but the person using them is like apparently in their early 20s or whatever uh and you're just like, no, this doesn't pass the smell test. And I found out that if you leave your, if you let your account go dormant, um, it can disappear. And I've seen people like a lot of the hate that I got in the aftermath of the Humboldt stuff was so obviously from commandeered old Twitter accounts. Uh, because in one case, I actually followed up with someone whose like actual name was there and actual location, and I found them and emailed them, and they were like, "I haven't used that account in years," and I was like, "Oh, interesting." So that's a, that's another kind of bot that um, is a little bit harder to see uh, in the in the construction of their of their site. I mean, what they're saying is is the way that you can figure it out.
0: Yeah, that's another one of the accounts that I noticed and that you can see. It's like if the if the account joined in 2009 or something like that and its last tweet was like in 2011 and then the next tweet was like, the tax on Serb is so reasonable. You can like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes. you, like you, it's probably a bot. <laughs> so there were yeah, a bunch of yeah. those too. So very, very weird. Um, and all this is to say that, you know, fuck, there's a lot of stuff going on right now and We have to, uh, one, feel uh, confident um, for those of us who are real humans in uh, critiquing our government, but also be aware of the different forces that are around trying to influence our thoughts on um, particular issues. And gosh, if you're a journalist out there who's looking into this bot stuff or, or knows, or even if you're just someone who knows a little bit about it, Uh, Get in touch. Tell us about it. Because, yeah, Nora and I both have experienced this several times um, before. And it would just be uh, nice to have a little bit more information as to what the fuck is going on and who the fuck is controlling this (laughs) shit.